Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We are very excited to have Mary Alice Stevenson, CEO and founder of Glam for Good, on our podcast today. Mary Alice is a renowned fashion and beauty expert, style commentator, and humanitarian. She worked as an assistant at Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, then as an editor at Allure and Marie Claire before reaching her dream job as fashion director of Harper's Bazaar. She has styled iconic shoots with Sarah Jessica Parker, Nicole Kidman, Kate Blanchett, and Drew Barrymore, to name a few. Mary Alice launched the Glam for Good Foundation to harness the healing power, joy, and attention that fashion and beauty bring to bolster self-esteem, promote positivity, raise awareness, and celebrate courage to help people in need. Glam for Good has worked with over 30,000 women and their families, delivering over 35 million in wardrobe and personal care essentials, and has over a billion impressions on their positive content. We will include a link to her about page in the show notes because there is so much to cover about the fabulous Mary Alice. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. This is just such an honor to be with an awesome mother-daughter team excited to share my journey and our mission today with you guys. Okay, well, let's start right off. Do you want to walk us through your career path? It's a long one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a long one, Delia. I I think, you know, if you remember Devil Wears Prada, I was basically that girl. I came from Michigan, loved fashion, was obsessed with fashion, probably like you were, Delia, at a young age. I told my mom by 15, I wanted to be fashion director of Harper's Bazaar. And by 35, Mm -hmm. I was, I literally set my intention on going to New York and living out my dreams to be a fashion director, a fashion editor and stylist. And I didn't know anyone in New York. It was sheer determination, belief in myself, hard, hard work, and just putting forth my dreams out in the universe and to anyone that would listen. And it really did get me to New York all those years later. So I started first getting to New York and working for House Beautiful magazine. And it just got me into Condon Hearst at that time. Once I was in New York after college, I was lucky enough to get an interview with Anna Wintour at Vogue. And so that's the double wears Prada moment pretty much from (laughs) there on where You know, I came in with big hair, big shoulder pounds, you know, freshman 25 on. Um, (laughs) I I really was not um, the typical Vogue candidate at that time. Um, I was not connected. I wasn't a socialite. I really was this girl with a lot of passion for fashion. And I sat across Anna Wintour. She wore her big black glasses and she asked me questions. And you know what? I knew my stuff. And And I truly believe that voicing your truth and your passion and your dreams, which I did to her then and there, got me that job and has always really brought in fruition in my life. So from Vogue, I worked many years as an assistant, assisting greats there, great editors and going on uh, shoots around the world. And then from there, I went to Allure magazine as a beauty editor, then fashion director of Marie Claire, Uh, then fashion director of Harper's Bazaar for many years. And as I started Glam for Good, I stayed on contract with Harper's Bazaar for many years, shooting multiple covers and worked for a lot of 
W's, Vogue's, a lot of different magazines has freelance editor while I was building the Glam for Good movement and foundation. I feel really blessed. The message is to young girls out there, never stop believing in yourself. Put the intention out in a positive way and seek out the tools that will help you get ahead. Nothing ever was dropped into my lap. I had to go get it. And I I really, truly believe in that. So shouting it from the rooftops, your dreams, so they can be heard and people can help you is critical. And it, it helped me throughout my career in fashion, and it's helped me create Glam for Good. You know, I think um, I was reading something today that said you can either have a dream or you can live your dream. You know, you can sit there and go, oh, I wish that I could live in New York and I wish that I could, you know, work for these magazines or whatever your dreams and, you know, your hopes are. But if you really set it with intention and change it to I'm going to do blank you. So you are a proponent of really believing that that can happen. I think that's a great quote, living your dream. And I think, I think dreams have to percolate. And I think, you know, um, people, a lot of times you go to sleep at night, especially young people go to sleep at night. And as they're falling asleep, they're anxious. They're stressed about their dreams. They're stressed about what to do next. They're, they're anxious about their futures, how to make money, how to survive. What I would say is, tip that upside down and spend every night before you go to sleep, imagining yourself succeeding, going forward. Imagine yourself where you dream to be. Connect with your heart and see your future in a positive way. And literally, I would do that every single night before I went to bed. Even if I was going through something tough, I'd Uh stop myself from the negativity and focus on actualization and seeing myself moving beyond and ahead. Ah, love, 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 love that so much. That is the best advice. We need to just shout that to the rooftops, everyone. Especially right now, right? Right. Happening. I know. I think more than ever, young people especially have so much stress. What was it like working as a beauty editor? Oh, I I loved it. It was um, under Linda Wells at that time and being able to create covers with great actresses and supermodels like uh, Linda Evangelista, who was always one of my favorite. So it was really my first gig kind of on my own, not as an assistant after Vogue and really creating and ideating pictures that would go along with beauty products and beauty trends. And I absolutely loved it. And it definitely those connections um, helped and, and continue to help empower what I'm doing now with Glam for Good Foundation. Oh, we have a, a beauty for good initiative and we use a lot of beauty and self-care to empower women, girls and their families. And don't you feel like it has to be, you know, hindsight, but when you get to a certain point and you look back, you understand, you can see this crazy zigzag path and how everything that came before led up to what you're doing now, like the beauty editor that helps you so much today. And indeed now it's helping other people through you. It's fascinating. Absolutely. I I feel that sometimes we think we're there and this is it. And we've waited so long. We've worked so hard to get to this Mm -hmm. place. And then there's so much journey, you know, ahead. Honestly, every single connection that I made, and I can't even talk about it without getting emotional, but every single connection I made throughout my career in beauty and in fashion 
has helped me launch the Glam for Good Foundation, has helped me empower, inspire, ignite courage, self-esteem, dignity, and joy mm. with our recipients. The people that I met, the connections I made have really helped empower Glam for Good, you know, which was really ultimately the little engine that could because Glam for Good started, you know, I didn't sell a company. I wasn't, I didn't have a family foundation. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't marry a philanthropist. Like Glam right. for Good started with, you know, was founded and started with, with love and, and good mm-hmm. intention. And so the struggle to scale and keep giving was always there. And it was the beauty and fashion communities that I had connected with throughout my career in, in those sectors that empowered this foundation and continues to today. So anyone listening, remember every single person you connect with, be open to the, the beauty of that connection and you never know where it may lead you. And so all of the people, some closer friends, some not, that I, that I developed relationships with throughout my career have really helped make Glam for Good what it is today. Such a gift. It is. And so what happens when you achieve your dreams? How did that feel? And what's next? What does that look like? Well, I'm still achieving that. My, my dream right. for Glam for Good. Glam for Good provides life-altering uh, merchandise, services, clothing, personal care essentials, eyewear, and eye care to people in need around four impact pillars. Um, those four impact pillars that we provide this aid around our disaster recovery, child and family welfare, social equality, and mental health and well-being. And we are uh, just finished our fourth year as a nonprofit, moving into our fifth year. And I'm just so proud of the work we've been able to do with uh, recipients, whether it's through other nonprofits, through government, through communities, at schools. So my team and I have worked with women who have lost kids through gun violence, lost um, limbs because of war, lost their breasts because of cancer, lost their homes because of a natural disaster or lost their way because of substance abuse or domestic violence. And we are so honored to be able to continue to use fashion and beauty and self-care to empower self-esteem for these women and their families. And the dream is really to be able to continue to do this despite the challenges of this pandemic and mm-hmm. to scale Glam for Good on a global level. There's so much excess in the fashion and beauty industries. And I feel that it is our responsibility to be able to use that excess instead of putting it in landfills and burning it to give it to people in need, mm-hmm. millions, millions in, in America alone. So the dream is, you know, just to continuing Glam for Good and scaling it to help more people. Well, that is wonderful. And we cannot wait to learn more about that. So tell us where did the idea originally come from for Glam for Good? I was speaking at Lincoln Center. I was on the stage. I was speaking about style and empowerment. And we were about to do breakout sessions. It was an empowerment initiative for teens um, that Disney and ABC were sponsoring. And I was a guest speaker. I spoke to the whole group of hundreds of kids from New York. And then we did breakout sessions. And we were about to do a breakout session. 
And I basically said, I screamed out, are you ready to glam for good? And that was at the time that nothing was for good. And it just kind of came out of my mouth and all the teenagers started hashtagging it and uh, tweeting it. And that's at the beginning of social media. And it really became this grassroots movement. And so any do good initiative I was involved with at that time with many different nonprofits uh, with fashion that we would say hashtag glam for good. And then when we formed a nonprofit in 2016, we just decided it's already out there. That's what people seem to really respond to. And that's what we do. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. So tell us exactly how it works. Like how does a Fashion brands, we're honored to partner with brands like H&M and Ulta Beauty. And that's just two bigger examples. A lot of smaller labels and um, also incredible uh, organizations like VSP and Marchand on NYC, which provide eyewear and eye care for us in our initiatives. Typically, before the pandemic hit, we would do pop-up gives, which were basically shopping sprees for free, we would call them. Um, So after Hurricane Harvey, we popped up in Houston and worked with a thousand teachers, helping Mm -hmm. them uh, get the clothing and personal care that they lost after the hurricane. For this disaster, our disaster recovery Mm -hmm. pillar, Uh, same thing with the campfires. I think it was last year, a year and a half ago, we popped up in a paradise gym and gave the families in paradise that lost everything, new clothing Mm -hmm. and personal care. We literally create a shop in these locations, whether it's a hospital in Puerto Rico, whether it's inside a school gym, um, whether it's literally right there, like it was in paradise in a disaster zone. And we pop up all of our brand partners send products all products that glam for good gives are new and upcycled it's basically from the top fashion and beauty brands in the world that have excess so they send it to our warehouse spaces uh, located in new york and then we repurpose it for our recipients and for these big gives so tags are still on everything we set it up like a store Um, We bring in um, volunteers from across the country and our teams come in and all recipients, sometimes there are hundreds at a time, are pre-vetted and come from multiple different organizations, whether it's nonprofits, schools, um, community groups. For example, before the pandemic, we were, we popped up at a school in San Diego. It was a homeless school for teens, you know, that were homeless and they wanted to get ahead And we popped up in the school and gave them career wardrobes, eye care, eyewear, self-care, grooming, and wardrobes for school interviews, for job interviews, even clothing that they needed for work. People forget that often I hear, well, it's like a makeover. And I I always try to say, (laughs) actually, it's not. In some ways, it's a makeover of dignity and self-esteem, yes. But truly, clothing, accessories, and self-care are just like water, just like food, just like housing, just like money, critical to your life and your future. In fact, you can't go get that job to bring in money or or, uh, get a mortgage to to buy a house unless you present yourself and look look great and, and are together. So it is truly critical aid that we provide, although we really empower and, and use it in a fun, fashionable way. And we literally pop up 
and do this in multiple locations. And the pandemic has also changed that a bit, which I can explain. We literally invite recipients in, they get big shopping bags that say Glam for Good, and they get to go through and pick what they need for their families, um, for themselves. Women will often pick for their kids, they'll pick Mm -hmm. for their spouses, they'll pick for their friends. And oh, it's just beautiful to see them. So giving and loving and wanting to Mm -hmm. take care of their families when they've lost so much. And my team, the moms, we always have to say, now you've got everybody else now, you know, please take this for yourself. Our recipients usually receive anywhere from a thousand to 5,000 worth of goods in a glam for good, a shopping spree for Mm -hmm. free to help them. And we custom curate the gifts to what they could need, whether it's workwear, sleepwear, usually it's a bit of everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. So many thoughts running through my head. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with the fact that the women would get home and realize exactly they didn't have anything for themselves. Even if you made someone over to go on an interview and they got the job, they wouldn't have the clothes to wear to the job. That's what you give them. That is really, I mean, this is very exciting. And you think about the companies that they have this excess product sitting around. So yeah, it's a win- I think it was a big idea. And that, and at first it's been hard because people don't understand because we work with so many different nonprofits and so uh-huh. many different causes. Now, as we've grown and moving into our fifth year, it was like, people got it. All of a sudden they were like, wow, it doesn't wow. matter who needs help you are giving clothing, personal care to multiple people going, multiple types of recipients going through so many different issues in life. The healing power of Glam for Good is yes, the the clothing and the self-care and how it empowers your self-esteem and dignity, but -hmm. it's also the ability to choose. And in life, when bad things happen, our choices are taken away. And what I find most inspiring to see the reaction of people walking into these gifts. And as you see, it always makes me emotional. And as a founder, probably always will to see this kind of relief and, Mm. and, and just, and just joy and happiness that they have Mm. the ability to choose. It's that they can go in and choose what they want for their families and for themselves And that ability to choose is also something that I think is extremely empowering for people that have lost all choices. Absolutely. And they're not getting other people's leftovers. Exactly. It is. When I started doing what I do for a living, at first I thought, well, this is fun. It's like solving puzzles for women who need some direction and, you know, whatever issues they're having with getting dressed. And then I realized that's really the medium, you know, for watching women become empowered and remember who they are and give them strength to keep going on. If it's the clothes as armor, the clothes as cocoons, the clo- you know, what you're doing is so exciting and fun that it's fashion and beauty related, some of it, but it's also when you've lost everything in a fire, you have to have something to put on your body to protect your skin. So it's, it's so much more, it's so much bigger than that. Well, what I'm um, interested in too is how can people get involved like shopping spree for free the bundle up prom glam slam all yeah. of the- we always hashtag yeah that's i love that you know all of those um all of our hashtags and um, <laughs> people can get involved by signing up for our mailing list which actually really helps on glamforgood.com it's g-l-a-m number four g-o-o-d.com and i'm um, also following us on instagram and on twitter and 
that really helps um, our social media. We do a lot. We show what we give and we show what we're doing and it's really helped us grow. And so watch. And if, you know, it's something that speaks to you donating ultimately is the biggest need, especially mm-hmm. after the pandemic, we were having our first benefit, which got canceled. And mm-hmm. through the pandemic, we kept giving and we gave 5.2 million in oh. critical aid, PPE, personal care and clothing to healthcare workers, essential workers and families in need throughout this past year. So donating is ultimately the number one, which you can do on glamforgood.com um, and then following us through social Right now, the volunteering um, is at um, minimum, but you can reach out to us via the website if you're interested in volunteering. Um, hopefully, at the uh, later in this year, we'll start doing bigger pop-ups across the country. But we have continued to give throughout the the pandemic and really pivoted into a, actually a new way of giving, which we think is actually mm-hmm. will allow us to get Glam for Good to more people. Remarkable. So let's talk about how did you pivot during COVID? Well, Glam for Good started to custom create gives, working with our partners across the nation to then send directly to whether it was a hospital, whether it was a shelter or a school, literally would work with people at that location to find out what they needed and to then put it together and send out Glam for Goods that were personalized to each organization. And then the recipient partners would receive everything and our instructions and hold their own Glam for Good pop-ups in organizations. So we worked with, we popped up in 38 cities. We gave over 500,000 items through the pandemic, which really taught us how we could scale and give more critical clothing and self-care aid. Two of our big initiatives were self-care for healthcare, which was initially at the beginning of the pandemic. And we worked with hospitals across the country and as well as nursing homes, giving self-care products to doctors and nurses because most of them were not at their homes or able to go back to their homes at the beginning of the pandemic and needed the basics like chapstick, deodorant, um, face wash, body wash. Um, and we, we did that successfully and partnered with over 48 brands to give those products and then partnered with New York City to provide um, back to school essentials for teenagers in need across the city and state by popping up at um, multiple foster care and shelters, children's age shelters across the city, giving these kids underwear, socks, comfortable shoes, comfortable clothes, self-care products, school essentials. And that is part of our uh, hashtag get schooled initiatives. And that was, that was just incredible. There's so many teens that were affected uh, by the pandemic too, especially teens without families um, mm-hmm. living child services. So it's been a, an amazing journey of giving, and we've given over 5.2 million in aid through the pandemic. And for an organization, just four years moving into our fifth year, we're super proud of the work we, we've been doing. It's really extraordinary. It really is. Just like you said, the little engine that could. <laughs> yes. And I mean big it. brands too, big brands like sure. H&M, Ulta Beauty, Hanes, Estee Lauder, Mac, 
Tommy Hilfiger. I mean, these so many brands, big and small. I mean, I could go on and on. There's, you know, over, I think, you know, 60 that have contributed during the pandemic. It has just been so inspiring. And just to take back to what we talked about before, most of these brands or people that work for these brands, it's not the brands that give, it's the people that work for the brands that give. And those are people that I connected with throughout my entire career. So that's what I would say to any young person listening to this podcast is that what binds us is connection and personal connection and sharing your dreams. Again, throughout my dream of a career, I was sharing my next dream, which was to use all of this to give and to help people. And I shared that too with so many people as we started and as we grew and still do to this day. So connection is what binds us and sharing your truth, sharing your passion and giving people a way to help you achieve whatever it is you decide to achieve. I mean, you know, (laughs) just speechless. I know you probably don't take the time to sit and say, well, look what's happened, you know, but you should just what you've done is just truly, you know, extraordinary. How do you find out? I know it's, we know how you found out about the pandemic, but how do you all go about finding these, you know, disasters and different causes and things that you take up? How do you choose? You know, we, we, People reach out to us. I think we've grown. We reach out to people. It's been very organic. As we up level and are building our new, um, we have a site, glamforgood.com. But as we are growing, we're able to focus on, you know, having more people reach out to us. And that will all be done on the website. But up until now, everything's been vetted through whether it's our board of directors. We have a big fashion board. A lot of people in fashion and beauty and advisory boards because we've done so much work in the trenches now for the last couple of years. And before we were a nonprofit, we were a grassroots movement. So it's not just the last four years. It really goes back to 2012 as a movement. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of people reaching out continuously. We did our first international initiative with Mrs. Obama, working with military moms. Um, we've done five initiatives with Oprah, um, the O Magazine, through Adam Glassman, who's on our board of directors, We've spoken at the United Nations on um, the work we do and sustainability and fashion and upcycling. So we really, these are all through our advisory boards, our connections. We've partnered with a lot of big brands in fashion and beauty, and we're just, we need all the help and support so that we can get all the help and support to people in need. I love that picture on Instagram of you with Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh that was that was such a she's she was very supportive of glam for good as meredith I'm cooper sure. stylist as well and yeah uh, it, it was really helped us as a young nonprofit just launching to to have mm-hmm. michelle obama meredith coop and their team behind what we were doing so mm-hmm. and it's a perfect fit yeah it is it is and recycling and understanding the power of fashion to yes. empower but something that, you know, our former first lady forever, my first lady will always yes. be, she was doing good with fashion before a lot of people were. And um, I'm happy to have had her support to enable us to grow and continue to make a difference for so many. So how do you stay strong while hearing about struggle, illness, natural disaster through your work? I think, it, it, you know, just working on staying centered and healthy as a human being and fine-tuning your emotional intelligence, taking care of your physical self, eating right, working out, taking care of yourself enables you to stay planted and rooted in 
what you're here to do, what is your service, and you become a tool to help others, which I think is the ultimate reason why we're all here. And I think for me, I, I stay strong by taking care of myself, but that doesn't mean that I don't get emotional. You know, I could still be strong and, and react, you know, and get emotional and upset and feel down. And, you know, when you connect with people and you see such destruction or you're in domestic violence shelters and you see families walk in, with, you know, moms and multiple kids walk in with nothing but a CVS bag with like a toothbrush and a teddy bear. I mean, it yeah. breaks your heart um, mm. when you work with women who are and, and teens battling with life-threatening illnesses, which we do a lot of uh, initiatives around. It's just life can be so unjust and unfair. So yeah. I always uh, have to recalibrate. You know, I, I, I feel heavy from all that stuff sometimes, but I also feel honored to be mm-hmm. able to have the privilege to do what I can do and our team can do and Glam for Good can do and the fashion and beauty community as a conduit can do to help these people. So I just try to stay focused. And Deepak Chopra uh, once told me, who's, who's at the inception of Glam for Good, was super supportive of this idea. I walked this idea through and he, he really got it instantly. And he said to, to learn to lean back, that when you get over consumed or overrun with emotion, to take a deep breath and almost imagine yourself leaning back and letting that emotional response kind of fly by. Because ultimately, when we're in these situations, we have a job to do, which is right. not to emotionally react. They've already gone through so much emotion. We're there to make them feel joy, make them feel happy, listen right. um, and serve them in whatever way they need. And so that's really what I focus on. And then I go home and I'll cry my eyes out and I'll go for a hike or take a you know, a hot bath or, you know, and, and, and recalibrate. But um, so learning to lean back and being strong for uh, all of our team does that being strong for the people that we're working with. It's, it's, it's really, that's what our job is to do. And that's what we do. Well, you know, the other thing too, there it's, it's not easy, but you know, everyone sits on their sofa and watches the news and feels so sad about there's just everywhere you look, there's, you know, there's tragedy, but you take that and do something about it. You know, you're just not an armchair, you know, participant, I guess, you know, uh, that's so sad, but there's nothing I can do about that. Well, that's so sad. And I'm going to find a way to do something about that. And I think that's, that, that, that's just, you know, you're empowering others every day. And that should help a little bit when you feel overwhelmed. Well, thank you, Allison. And you and, and Delia are together empowering people by giving us, Glam for Good, um, your beautiful community and platform to share our mission and our truth. And through that helps uh, bring awareness to people out there that might not have heard Glam for Good. And maybe they can join in and helping and, and we're able to help more people because of that. Absolutely. Yes, hopefully there's a lot of things we can do together ahead, especially as we can get together in person. You talked about this a little bit before, but being an entrepreneur is certainly not easy. How do you get through the hard times? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I think as an entrepreneur, whatever you are doing, it must be, it must be love fueled. I really think that if you have a big idea or you're starting your own company, 
if it is not connected to your truth, I mean, if ultimately what that means is, you know, in your heart, deep in, without question, that this is a path for you, you should take and feel you must take. Because there are so many ups and downs as an entrepreneur. And you know, even launching a nonprofit, there were times I sold my jewelry, I sold my art, you know, I had had a very successful career in fashion. And I basically gave a lot of that up to found something um, that is quite challenging um, and without the proper funding to do so. So there were so many times in my career where I gave up jobs. I made radical changes in my life, sold things I'd once cared about, clothing, jewelry, art, uh, to keep on uh, uh, doing Glam for Good initiatives before we actually were able to receive donations um, and became a 501c3. And you know, I'm thinking that's why you're so much struggle as a young entrepreneur or an entrepreneur at any age. And especially as a female entrepreneur, as you'll see, you know, there's a lot of challenges trying to juggle family and partnership Mm -hmm. and career, right? Ask yourself in those times of hardship, why is this important to me? Reconnect with that passion. All you really have initially through this process is you. So you must take care of your mental health. You must do things that make yourself feel good. You must connect to your truth and you must make it matter for others. And what I mean by that is if you are an entrepreneur or have a great idea, whether it's in fashion or any genre, the only way you will get the help you need is to understand that you cannot do it all yourself and that you have to ask for it. And women often don't ask for it. They give it, they give help. And so for for me, first sacrificing a lot in my life to launch Glam for Good, then I realized I could never scale Glam for Good unless I shout it from the rooftops. Shout it from the rooftops what my mission is. Shout it from the rooftops what Glam for Good is doing. Shout it from the rooftops how you can help. So I made it matter um, because it mattered to me. It will matter to the people that I'm um, shouting it out to. And, um, And being verbal about what you need to grow your organization or your dream or, and, and how people can help you. So I would say, make it matter and shout it from the rooftops. Um, And one of the thing people see truth and respond to authentic actions. So never be afraid through social media to talk about what's important to you and how people can help you. I think that's something that this next generation is feeling way more comfortable with than, than Allison, maybe you or I ever did, but, but right. uh, I think it, it is important to have a community of people that follow along with your dreams and your passion because you make it matter. It matters to you. And if it matters to you and it's the real deal, they'll see it and get behind you in some way to help support that dream. And what do you wish that you knew before you started Glenn to Good that would have helped maybe? You know, truthfully, Allison, if I knew how challenging it was to (laughs) start a nonprofit Mm -hmm. with little funding, Mm -hmm. if I knew all the challenges, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would actually have really done it. Despite I knew there was a need and I was so passionate about it. Sometimes I think what you don't know, being a little bit naive (laughs) can sometimes work for you. I think there's a lot of, in in any uh, new journey, right? It's a big learning safari. 
And so that's what I've looked at this and it still is. I'm learning so much every single day. You know, Glam for Good has a lot of growing to do. And we still, especially because of the pandemic, I mean, we still have to fight to keep giving, to get the funding right. we need. So, so uh, really it is about constant learning. Everything that I've learned and some of the challenges that we've come up against I just kind of threw myself into it and tried to figure it out as I was going. And I guess that's, that's also really good that maybe what I, what I would like to tell, you know, young people out there is that it's okay to wing it. And that, you know, before we were even a nonprofit, we believed we were even a nonprofit. We, sh- we were, you know, for a long time with Glam for Good, it was like that scene in the Wizard of Oz where I was the person <laughs> behind the yellow curtain, making it all look big and beautiful and fabulous. And I've always believed if you create it, they will come. And so I understand uh, it's okay that, that you're small and acting big. You are big and you can do it. And by putting it out there, it's so brave. And so I would say just keep creating, following your dreams and know that it's okay to wing it a bit. And there's nothing that comes first. It's whatever you want to put forth first and other things will come and you'll grow and learn along the way. Yeah. Many, many people can't quite get started because it's so overwhelming to them. The more they learn and plan, you know, they almost get whelmed and they can't ever start. So the idea of just being naive and realizing you're going to make mistakes, is going to be super hard. And when you look back, you might say, Oh, that would have been nice if we had known about that before we started. But at the same time, you have all the energy and the passion that keeps pushing you along this Herculean task. I think also you guys know with the podcast, ultimately it's at the beginning, it's put one foot in front of the other, come up with sure. an idea and activate it. And that was one thing I really learned from fashion in creating, ideating, and then creating photo shoots all over the world is we saw something that we wanted to do, wanted to shoot. We researched, produced it, created it, got the pictures done, boom, they were in the magazine. So that was a great learning lesson for me and how I really started Glam for Good was one step at a time, one give, which we call them at a time, um, Mm -hmm. produce those gives, make that happen, get those recipients there, give it all away, done the next, done the next. And all those started to one after the other, after the other, started to create this uh, glorious amount of, of giving that mm-hmm. helped us then shape and form and grow as a nonprofit. I think that's an interesting conversation to have. If someone looks at Glam for Good or Mary Alice Stevenson, her career, your career, speaking in third person, yes. they're seeing a lot of success and you're so big, you know, all of this. But actually, you know, no matter how big you grow, there are always challenges and things like that. So if you want to speak to that. I don't look at myself as big. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm a big personality and I'm big with love and I'm, you know, I've done a lot. Yes. And I'm proud of all I've done, but I think you never arrive. You're always, I think if you connect to your truth and what you're doing, you just, you just keep going. And so, um, I think that, uh, I'm sorry. I forgot what the question was. No, that's a good answer. Brain. No, no, it's totally fine. It wasn't even a question. It was just more speaking to the fact that it's so easy to look at a person or a company and see their success. But as a reminder at every single point in that success and in that journey, there is daily struggle ups and downs. I would say like, 
you know, there's grind. I don't think that you cannot uh, be successful without wholeheartedly committing everything you got to whatever it is you want to do. And that means full dedication. You know, my entire family is involved with Glam for Good. Um, my friends, I engage pretty much every single person I meet on some level, which can mm-hmm. also be exhausting for some people to get involved in. It is a 24-7 job to be <laughs> an entrepreneur, to found and start and run your own company and do your own work on a freelance level that is then growing um, It is. And so the grind is real. And I don't think, and that's what I've learned through my time in fashion and and working with so many incredible actresses and also seeing how hard and so many people work to be successful. And Mm -hmm. yes, you know, uh, there, there, I think their success is really proportional to how much, they give and how much positive intention and their professionalism and Mm -hmm. especially with the world of acting and modeling. Some of the people that I worked with in my career, like Sarah Jessica Parker covers, I did these all covers. I never was a personal stylist to all these people, but, you know, Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Deborah Messing, um, Jennifer Lopez, um, Beyonce, all these covers, you know, being around, Mm -hmm. Um, Giselle, uh, Heidi Klum, all these different incredible actresses and models, and then fashion designers, um, uh, so many fashion designers and uh, makeup artists and hairstylists that were top of their game. What was the one thing they all had in common? Sheer determination, talent, professionalism, working hard, making personal sacrifices to be dedicated to their, because they were dedicated to their work, gave Mm -hmm. it their all, no complaining, focused and clear in their intention to be their best at what they were doing. And that is the commonality. There are many, as far as modeling, there are many, many beautiful uh, women and Mm -hmm. girls, as we know. The girls Mm -hmm. that rose to the top, the models that have risen to the top is because they were hard workers, morning, noon, and night, gave their all, were kind and graceful to people. And those were the ones people were, you know, continuous, continuously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mother said recently, I found a book that I'm going to give your daughter, which is her granddaughter. It's called Work Doesn't Have to Be 24-7. And I said, don't give it to her mom. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, that's what you have yeah. to do. That's when you're passionate about something. It is more than just work. It is all about being all in, right? Yeah, I think, I think that's the great news that if you can really have luck to be able to be doing what you truly love, then work right. is a part of your life. You know, Glam for Good is, is, my, is, is really a big part of my life. It's not work to me. It's what I'm here for, what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, even there was times when I wanted to walk away um, from my fashion career, from my beauty career, even from Glam for Good. I know innately that it is my, you know, it is divine for me and I really need to be doing this. And so I get back to focusing and get back that determination. And it really is, is, a, is a path of my life, an important part of my life. And um, yeah. so hopefully people get to really follow their heart and do what they love. But we've, what, you know, you got to work a lot of odd jobs. You know, you got to get there first to be able to yeah 
be able to know and learn what you want to be doing and then get there. So, you know, I did all those kind of two and three jobs and even through Glam for Good, I've done multiple, you know, speaking engagements, TV engagements, other things to keep Glam for Good going. So, yeah, I mean, I think your mom is is right finding balance, <laughs> you know, yes. taking care of yourself is good. But I right. think that people, especially now with social media, people tend to think that they can just, you know, put it out there and be successful. And even social right. media is a huge amount of work and a lot of commitment to be good at. So you're not going to get off the hook. You all have to work hard. But <laughs> that is exactly right. right. And I think, like you said, it's more about like finding this purpose in your life that is it does have to do with work just because, you know, it's hard to, you know, you have to keep going. It gives you like meaning in your life, right? Right. Oh, for sure. Being connected to purpose and also service, service, you know, it fuels me, you know, we're doing a lot of good. My team, we're, we're the yeah. board, everybody, we're doing a lot of good for people, but it helps us all. We feel good about ourselves. Like exactly. it goes both ways, you know, when you're doing, you know, a great job at something, whether in philanthropy or any in fashion or any job, you, it makes you feel good about yourself. Right. So it goes both ways. And I think that's the beauty to be able to find something that you're helping other with other people with out, like you're doing Allison by empowering people's mm-hmm. self-esteem with your styling and, and, um, and you too, Delia, with what you guys are doing that empowers other people and it empowers you too. So it's a win-win definitely struggle every day. I think I didn't do enough. And then I'm also struggling with, am I taking care of myself? You know, I will, I don't think I'll ever find that balance, but hopefully it- you're young. It takes, it takes That's a while right. to get there and to figure it all out and find it all. And I think at the end of the day, just asking yourself, did I handle this job, this responsibility, this moment with the utmost integrity my personal integrity. That's, that's the question to always ask, you know, how could I have done better? How could I have been more open to learning more from the situation or giving more to the situation? You are responsible for your path and living it to its fullest. And you have to have times that are tricky and rocky. You have to have moments that you fail and it's all okay. So if you keep connected you learn from those moments. So if you keep connected, Delia, and asking yourself, hmm, was I lazy in this? I didn't give enough here, or could I have been better here? And the answer, you have that answer in your head is yes. So next time you won't do that again. Living life with intention and integrity. That can be the very thing that makes you great and all that intention can also mm-hmm. sometimes, like your mom said, sometimes kick you in the butt. And I would work till pure exhaustion um, and even now. And so learning a little bit to self-care in moments that you don't have the answers. And if it's not clear to you, you're not clear. So that probably means you need to slow down, take a deep breath and go take a walk, go work out, go see your friends. Clarity comes when you're connected to your source and when you've taken care of yourself. You, You have all the answers. You know all the answers already what you need to do, how you need to do it. And you'll learn the process of maybe getting there. But so I would say, take some time to take care of yourself. Um, If you're a very intense person that ends Mm -hmm. up sometimes going, 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 and then getting frustrated, you need to find moments that you can meditate or be in nature or take care of your physical health so that your spiritual and mental are strong. 
Yes, I love all of that. And then tell me, with all these beautiful and successful people that you've been around, do they have insecurities too? Well, everybody has insecurities. (laughs) Oprah once said, I think she said it was, I'm not, probably it's a rephrase of what she said, but everybody wants to be validated, right? Mm -hmm. No matter how Mm -hmm. successful you are, no matter what you've achieved, I mean, validation feels good. And every one of us has self-doubts at every level in our careers, in our personal mm-hmm. life. That's what being human is, you know, right. and uh, being vulnerable is. I think what happens as you learn more about yourself and just be in the world a little bit more and are comfortable in your own skin that, you know, your, your failures and your vulnerabilities and insecurities actually make you f- much more beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. because you've had to learn from them, grow from them, and they root you, all these failures and insecurities, because if you don't look at them and address them, I think it's unhealthy. So I think when you recognize that uh, you have some stuff to work on, it makes you a better person in the the end. And every major star, even if they were acting super cocky or putting on a good front, you know, everyone reveals insecurities at times whether they even realize or you're revealing it, but you see it and we're, we're all human and we all have them and it's okay to feel those mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. It's just, don't let it stop you from, you know, getting what you want and where you want to be in your life. And that's the key is not letting it freeze you getting over it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. embrace your flaws, embrace your challenges, take it all in and be like, okay, I got this, but I'm going to keep on moving. That's exactly right. Yes. I always tell mom, if I would picture like person to person before I was going to post a specific person in my mind on social media, I would never post anything because I'm like, what is that person to think? Well, we, we can't think about that and think, go back to your mission. So I think it's got to do you in social media. I think it's, if you start looking at everybody else, it's, you're just now, I mean, especially now with the magnitude in which social media right. Is. <laughs> or if you're thinking about a particular person looking at the picture and what would they think, yeah. but everybody does that. Everybody does that. It's yeah. very hard not to do it, but yes, as long as you know, what is the purpose behind this? It is definitely not for people to look at me in this outfit. What am I trying to help them with? And also realize that people are using social media for so many different things. I mean, you see a lot of the girls posting outfits. Some of those girls are feeding their families. I would say, you know, and that's the thing with, with fashion on the Instagram, although, you know, so I know that people sometimes, uh, you know, even I will have people would have said to me through the course of my social media, you know, get off Instagram. Instagram is a tool to allow. I could never have grown Glam for Good without Instagram. Right. And so for many people, it's part of our jobs now. It's how we market mm-hmm. what we're doing, how we and, and through that, how we end up taking care of ourselves and our family. And so I don't judge. And I, I think that sometimes, in, you know, social media often can look so superficial and ridiculous. But ultimately, I think for each person, it serves a very personal purpose. And you just don't judge. And you never know what someone is going through. And you never know why they're putting that out there. And you just have to believe that if it's good for them, it's good for them. And you do what's good for you. I agree with that very much. It's a constant conversation. And I think it's something to, for people to remember. And yeah, not just, not just judge right away. I'd love for you to speak a little more on the power of 
style of fashion and beauty? Yeah, I think, you know, what we say at Glam for Good, our hashtag is style that matters and beauty for good. And I, I think ultimately, and those are what we've used, you know, through the years, if you feel good about yourself, it helps your mental health, um, happiness levels, which literally there's like, you know, chemical secretions in your body when you feel good, right? So it helps your mental health. Um, so it helps your inner well-being. And when you feel good about yourself and pulled together and you, and you look your best, it, it helps you deal with far more challenging things. Self-worth is critical and fashion plays a huge part in self-worth. And I, I've had women say to, to me, women that have gone through really tough things, things like, thank you for not making me feel invisible, right? There's so many people out there that through fashion, like you said, Allison, put on their armor to get through and deal with the multitude of challenges we have in life. Mm -hmm. And fashion is a way to help us feel we can do it all. We can deal with it all. You know, I think that's just at a base level and we could really go and talk on so many other things that it does. You know, there's been studies that when people feel good about how they look, it really affects every aspect of their life. There's been multiple studies on that. And uh, we see that in the trenches, you know, from women who have been victimized or shamed all their life or women who have gone through various forms of Um, whether it's breast cancer or physical illness and just to pamper themselves and have glam for good come in and make them feel good and get them what they need to um, be able to wear things that have adjusted to whatever they're going through and how it's affected their body. Or um, if you've lost everything and you need to still go out and put on a happy face, like most women in domestic violence shelters, a lot of people don't know what they're going through. They're in a shelter or domestic violence shelter. Many of them are in secret places, but they go to work because they have to make money to take care of their kids. Fashion helps them put that armor on, to put that happy face on, to keep, keep even though they've gone through you know horrific things, to right. keep feeding their family. So on that kind of basic level, you're absolutely right. You know, fashion uh, for sh- definitely is this glorious armor we have to keep moving forward and also to keep us healthy. You know, we've worked with kids and families that have nothing. You know, and to keep them warm coats and socks and sweaters and to keep them healthy, literally. The great thing to remember in what you just said is that you truly never know what someone is going through. So no matter how stressed you are or how busy life is, if we can really try and approach or how frustrated you are, each interaction with kindness, respect, and dignity, that is going to make the world a better place just right there. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Was it a hard decision to leave your dream job that you'd worked so hard and built up to all those years and start your own nonprofit or grassroots movement, as you said? At that, yeah, at that time when I resigned from Harper's Bazaar, Glam for Good was a grassroots movement. It wasn't a 501c3. I resigned and and moved. um, I stayed on contract with Harper's Bazaar and still styled for them for many years doing covers and well stories um, inside the magazine and worked for many other fashion magazines. When you understand that your purpose is, is not in line with 
certain things that are that you're living on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be brave and, and you have to move forward towards what is healthiest for you as a, as a human being. And fashion has, has given me so much. I've seen the world. I've met the most incredible, inspiring people. It has empowered the giving that we're doing now. But fashion can also be superficial, ridiculous, materialistic. And so there's aspects of it that um, I absolutely adored and loved and was passionate about and feel grateful for. But there was also stuff about it that I didn't like. So moving away was tough for me, but I knew that at that moment where I was at that place wasn't the healthiest place Mm -hmm. for me to be. Before you make those brave choices, you have to take your brain with you. And I had luckily set up many freelance you know, gigs and mm-hmm. I had other work coming in and I had worked really hard to get to a place where I was able to kind of pivot out of the role that I had been as an editor for so many years. And I was starting Glam for Good and I knew that I still had money coming in. And so I mm-hmm. think move with your heart and your purpose and your moral views on things mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. but also take your brain with you. I planned that out. So that was strategic. And I had a fallback plan as I was moving out of it. And I stayed connected to Bazaar for many, many years doing a lot of work. Thankfully, Glenda Bailey was a huge support to me in my career throughout Mm -hmm. my career and so grateful for everybody that has Mm -hmm. supported me in my career. But I also know I gave my all. They helped me and I helped them because I worked really hard for everyone I worked for. I know it's been so fascinating and same with you and me, how all the people that we met and worked with during our career, mine at Barney's and yours in editorial have come back with these companies that we've created in such a magical and special way. Yes. It's never, there's never an end to anything. It's always a beginning. You, you uh-huh. get to one place and it begins some, another journey and just came open to connection. And, and also I think I would say, surrounding yourself with like-mindedness with people that inspire you encourage you and love you sometimes we surround ourselves with people that are aren't our big cheerleaders so we'll have to deal with them and that's okay but spend your time both your work life as much as possible your friendships with people that make you and teach you how to be the best person you can be and applaud you no matter what you're going through when hiring people, understanding, you know, the people that you work with as you're growing your company have to be passionate too about your mission. So sharing your mission with the world and, and now on social, you have the platforms to do that and people will find you. If you, you share truth and people see it and they'll come to help and get involved. And that's what's happened with Glam for Good. I mean, thousands of volunteers across the country and people reaching out and it spoke to people and I could have never, you know, launched Glam for Good and have grown it without an amazing team, board members, volunteers, influencers, so many people getting behind us every inch of the way. And did you know anything about starting a company or a nonprofit before you jumped in? Well, yeah, because, you know, I had done this, you know, when, when I w- was leave, when I was leaving Harper's Bazaar, I had had a huge career already behind me. So I learned a lot through all those different jobs I, I did. And I learned, you know, learning from incredible people, people watch what you love about someone, even if there's something that you don't like about them. The reason that they're usually successful is because there's something you're doing right. Right. So learning from those people around you, you know, continue that learning process and gathering and just keep going basically. 
I did not know anything about launching a nonprofit, the actual uh, quantitative work involved. And I knew about nonprofits because as my career was rising in, in fashion, I became the national fashion ambassador for Make-A-Wish Foundation. I started granting oh Wish Foundations and I was the national fashion ambassador for Make-A-Wish you know, for over 15 years, granting multiple wishes for, wow. for girls that had life-threatening illnesses and boys that wanted to be in fashion. So I was watching that. And then we started doing a lot of Glam for Good initiatives with multiple different nonprofits. Um, mm -hmm. And I learned. So like I said, it was a learning safari. So you learn. So I did not know. I did not know I would ever be launching a nonprofit. I never felt that was necessarily something I was going to do. It wasn't an initial mm -hmm. dream I had. Um, my dream was always to be in fashion and to be at the fashion magazines. But as I grew and learned more about my truth and um, what I wanted, um, I grew and my dreams grew with me. And so um, I learned a lot through the process of my career. And then I just kind of, you know, was open to learning about running a nonprofit and still am and still am mm -hmm. learning constantly about um, uh, about what I'm doing now as a nonprofit leader. Well, it keeps us young, always learning. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Listen Delia, you are young. <laughs> I love that response. Old soul, maybe, but you're young. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Big one, Mary Alice. You better have an answer for us. What do you think is the future of the fashion beauty industry, especially regarding magazines? Wow. What a question, Julia. I think that the top of the list for me, I know probably for you guys and everyone listening right now is diversity and inclusion is mm -hmm. being able to have a fashion and beauty have representation in those genres, which are diverse and, you know, inclusive. And I think mm -hmm. um, we've made you know huge leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. Um, when I was in the fashion business sitting front row, you know, what there was one you know, one or two black models, you know, Naomi Campbell or mm -hmm. Alec Weck. I mean, you could name them literally. Leah Kabiki, that's three, you know. And um, so we've come a long way. That is changing. Samira Nasser, editor-in-chief now of Harper's Bazaar, mm -hmm. the first, the first, she's Turkish, I think, and, right. uh, and African-American. But she, you know, so there's a lot of uh, first in our industry, unfortunately, right? So it's changing. Um, hopefully it, it seems to be changing at a faster pace. I think representation in advertising and marketing around um, fashion and beauty, more diverse. Also with the whole reality versus um, fantasy, uh, you know, women still on Instagram are doing it, but the kind of retouching uh, mm -hmm. uh, is super important to keep it real in many ways. And so- I think we've we've growing we've grown and we're growing in that more positive direction in, in every genre. I think obviously um, digital selling is is the future. You know, the pandemic proved that that's doable. So much is now created and sold um, via social media channels, and that will continue to happen. And also, who sells it? You know, before it was always just actors and actresses and models. Now it's anyone can sell anything and be very effective as a seller. So we're seeing people connect their social with various selling platforms um, and become brand ambassadors. Now brands have, you know, sometimes hundreds of ambassadors instead of, right. you know, one supermodel or actress representing them. Now they have hundreds of influencers representing them. So 
that's not, you know, that's only going to be, I think, go in a, in a keep moving forward. We're not going back. Mm-hmm. People still love to shop in stores and look at fashion magazines that everything will basically, you know, live online, be bought online and storytelling will be told online. I believe. I hope that at least Vogue and Bazaar can stay in print. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Oprah, the O magazine, I think went digital this year, this right. season. many magazines are doing that. I mean, I love prints and I love being able to pick up a uh, Harper's Bazaar Vogue and yeah. look at it, have it in my hands and savor it and tear um, out the pages and put yeah. them on a board. <laughs> right. That's there. I mean, that's just so great. I hope, you know, true beauty and creativity mm-hmm. that comes with fashion, you know, there's mm-hmm. so much creativity around fashion and inspiration and designers that, that it just, they're creating these things that are just magnificent. And I art. just, art in every way, it is an art form. And right. um, I think maybe the digital world will just, you know, instead of going to a show, you know, I think it'll be actually um, the, the democratization of fashion mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. actually be, people will be able to see all that beauty that I sat front row in for year after year at all the shows, haute couture shows in Paris, Milan, London, New York. I yeah. often would think to myself, oh my God, this is breathtaking. This is so right. stunning. Why can't more people see this? And you would see it still in fashion magazines, but hopefully now right. more, and more videos came out, but really now you can see it um, 360 and it will come to life for more people to enjoy and be inspired by the art of fashion and beauty. It's been really interesting covering Fashion Month right now. You know, we're at the end of Milan. How people are reinterpreting their collections and everything, knowing that it's virtual. You know, the way the stories, how they're telling the stories, given the situation that they're in. It's been very interesting to see um, and to see the diversification and everything through the images. But hopefully the shows won't go away for good because some things are just, you know, there's still something so special about sitting there and, the music starts and you know how hard the designer and his team have worked and, you know, to see it come to life is so magical. You have met so many people through your incredible work and giving back. What are some life perspective takeaways of strength, courage, hope that you've gotten along the way? That's another sort of big esoteric question. I've met a lot of celebrities. I mean, you probably, you know, I also worked a lot with 17 for a period of time, you know, on a freelance level. So all eight, all ages of, of actresses and actors I worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should really do a list so that I have, I can remember everybody, but it's been <laughs> a lot. It's been a lot. And um, I, I actually think that I've learned honestly, and in no disrespect to any of those incredible humans that I've, I've worked right. with on magazine covers, I've, I've learned, learned more from my time at Glam for Good in the Trenches Right. Um, I've, I've learned more from people that are going through really tough things. Right. I've lear- learned that as humans, we have the capacity to get through so much and that no matter what happens with community around you and people to help you, that you can really overcome a lot of really bad, bad stuff. I, I remember one woman that I worked with, uh, she had a very, she was uh, one of probably the worst domestic violence cases I've ever oh. heard of in my life. And um, she was stabbed 72 times in her, oh in her shoulders and her face. And, and she lived and she lived and we worked with her at Glam for good. And 
you know, she looked at me and she said, you know, thank you. I feel, I feel beautiful again. I feel beautiful again. And we were working with her and I remember seeing, um, as I was helping her, uh, with her wardrobe, um, as Mm -hmm. a stylist often, you know, especially with people that are ill or if they've lost a, you know, we've worked with a lot of wounded warriors, they lost a limb or they're ill or they've gone through something like that. Um, my team and I will, if, if they are, you know, open to it, we'll come with them and help them in the dressing room. And I remember seeing all of these, you know, healed wounds in right. her back. And I just remember, and I looked at her in the mirror and she was smiling and she was like, I feel so good. And mm. I've got this. And I remember just like inside, like th- thinking, you know, how could anyone overcome something like that? You know, right. Um, working with moms who've lost their kids with gun violence. How can anyone overcome something like that? And, you know, the ability to keep going in life is magnificent Mm -hmm. despite challenges. And often we get so caught up in things that are really, really shouldn't, we shouldn't be caught up in. And it's just so trivial and ridiculous. And when, you know, it's glam, when we glam for good, it keeps things in perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, Ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter who you are, there's, you know, people that are suffering out there and they're still putting one foot in front of the other every day. So right. suck it up, um, do the right thing, right. be there to help and serve and love and give um, yes. every day. Yes, most definitely. Strength, courage, hope. I think that's a good mantra for us moving for 2021. That's our mantra moving forward. Right. Strength, courage, hope. Oh, yes. We have to have hope or can't get through the hard times. Going back to the beginning when you mentioned interviewing and sitting outside of Anna Wintour's office, what I'm fascinated by this. What are some things you learned from working with her? You know, I think I learned a couple things. I learned that strong women often get a bad rap. Uh, I don't think that, you know, a lot of times with Anna, if, if you're a strong, decisive um, you know, CEO, you're often labeled a bitch or not nice, or she's just a fashion diva or, um, the truth is she is a strong, decisive, um, icon who has made incredible decisions and grown, uh, vogue into, you know, what it is today, which is basically an iconic cultural standing around the globe she was never, you know, touchy feely with, or, or emotional with the people that worked for her. She was very professional always. I learned something. I, I noticed this with her and a few other women is that they've worked so hard to get to where they are and they're very focused and professional yet. Why do, why do women get the bad rap? Why are we then unfriendly if, if we're hard workers? There is this saying familiarity breeds contempt. For me, I'd always been super friendly to everyone my entire career and connecting with everybody. And I think that's really served me. But I also think that there is uh, there's a way to be both firm and uh, kind. And that is something that I, you know, I, I saw people in my career that were super kind and firm. And that's the kind of leader that I want to be. So I learned, <laughs> learned leadership from her. Absolutely. And I, I thought that sometimes she would get a bad rap. Um, and I thought that that was unfair for a woman that was strong like that to always be, you know, labeled. And right. um, I think women, that happens with women when they get to a certain level of success. 
they can they're considered a bitch or hardcore or so you're so strong no you're just bright and great with with what you do and you have boundaries and that's good and so i learned i watched her and i saw how i mean she was she's truly incredible organized unbelievable um a visionary uh super strong not overly friendly she knows exactly you know she's an incredibly talented team around her that was another thing to understand that to be the best, you have to have the best around you and figure out the tools to try to get the best around you. You cannot um, scale unless you have a team um, that is equally bright. And um, that is also something that's been, you know, I'm now trying to achieve more with Glam for Good, getting a team around me that will help me uh, and help Glam for Good be the best it can be. And um, so... I mean, I, I just felt very lucky to have had time with Anna Winter and her genius and be around it. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, when you're around greatness, it rubs off on you. Yes. Yes, exactly. And the things, you, you know, you take what you, what you, what works and some things, you know, you leave behind and that's fine too. But I love all of those things that you said about her. And I think that's important um, for people to know. What's next for Glam for Good? Just surviving the pandemic. <laughs> um, I think surviving, you know, uh, I think we're surviving. We have survived and we're thriving and giving. Yeah. Um, I think continuing to get monetary donations is critical for us, getting mm-hmm. support, brand partnerships. So if any anyone out there listening uh, would like to support in any way, they can go on glamforgood.com and donate or if they, they're working for brands that have healthy corporate social responsibility programs, we'd love to be connected and get involved. You know, Glam for Good is a verb and it's actionable and you can see, see the work that we do. And that's been really helpful to us with brands because they, they want to get involved, have their employees get involved, and they want to see where their goods are going. And you do at Glam for Good. Just really focusing on Glam for Good growing and helping more women, girls, and their families really just achieving the kind of tools I know I need to have now to up-level and scale uh, um, to be able to help us. You know, there's so many people suffering right now in the United States and across the globe because of the pandemic that, you know, they were there before, but now it's even worse. And there's a lot of excess. There's a lot to, to give out there. So partnering with more brands to give and getting the funding and the tools to do so is really where my head's at right now with Glam for Good. And I can't do it without everybody, all of you, um, mm-hmm. So thank you, um, Allison and Delia, for, for the support that you're giving Glam for Good. And, and this podcast really helps get the word out. Well, we are, we are just, we are applaud you along your way and want to do anything we can to help too and bring in other people to help as well, because it is such a remarkable thing that you are doing. Yes, I cannot wait until we can do some in-person, maybe the style that binds us volunteer days or anything with you. We are here to support you in any and every way we can. So we know about the Glam for Good website. Anything else you want to say about where people can find you? At Glam for Good, um, G-L-A-M number four, G-O-O-D on Instagram, on Twitter, go on the website, watch our videos there and see, see our, our gives. Um, and you can send us messages on the site or, any, or through social if you want to get involved. Um, so just really following, supporting, donating are, are what we need the most right now. Great. Okay. 
Well, I saw this quote and I'll leave everyone with this. If they feel good about themselves, they are able to deal with situations better. It's the healing power of a sequin. I love that. (laughs) We don't give too many sequins out these days, but, but yes, it's the healing power of, of style and fashion that really help, you know, help women and girls, everybody deal with life's toughest challenges. And hopefully there will be proms and things like that again in the future and sequins will be showing up in a big way. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so very, very much, Mary Alice, for being with us. And we're so impressed with everything that you're doing. And we know that you will continue to help people in so many ways throughout the globe, actually. Well, thank you. It's, it's such an honor to be with you guys. And, you know, thank you for this incredible support. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Binds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday, with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.